Go ye. All right. Now, uh, those that are too old for the Go Ye Kids or graduating from Go Ye Kids, uh, tonight will be the first night and you will meet during the prayer time with Andrew, uh, Brother Andrew there. And uh, boy, it's hard to say Pastor Andrew for me for some reason, but he is the associate pastor of our church and and uh, uh, so they will be meeting during the prayer time and and uh, uh, what we're trying to do is help our young people to gain accountability and to stick with the Bible reading schedule for the year and uh, they just need some attention there and of course one of the highlights uh, of our year is once they turn 12 years old is to go to the youth conference there at uh, Southwest Baptist in Oklahoma City. One of the reasons I think that it's worth taking the trip is our teenagers need to know that it's not just them uh, to go into a group of 1,300 teenagers uh, where you realize, hey, we're not alone in this thing. There are, there are many, many, many other churches all over the country, and the preaching is great, and many of the activities are on the campus of Heartland Baptist Bible College, and just get a little exposure there to the things that are there. And uh, so we look forward to all of that and want you to keep that in prayer. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. And tonight, we're, we're going to uh, just look at the wise men. Uh, they call them magi. That is the Greek word uh, that describes the wise men. And uh, what the Greek word magi means is wise men. Okay, real, real in-depth there. Uh, not a lot of uh, things here, but the wise men can teach us some things. Uh, I think every year uh, somebody makes up a Christmas card, and this really ought to be a theme. Wise men still seek Him. And uh, that is so very true. But uh, let's just look at, at the story here and get a little bit of history. Uh, no, one didn't come from India and one from Africa and one from China or whatever they do. Uh, uh, there's been many different offerings here, but let's just read the Bible. Verse 1 of chapter 2 in the book of Matthew. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. Now, where did they come from? From the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born? King of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So this is the introduction. And of course, the biggest part of the story about the wise man is all about Herod. Uh, it's not about the wise men at all. We, we hear very, very little uh, about the wise men, but uh, uh, let's just read right on through down to verse 15 here. 
And when verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, and inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into, what? Not the, not the stable. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child, not the babe, with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there is a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. And so we have the story of the wise men. There is... Great conjecture, but if you read carefully the story, all three of them came from the same country because when they departed, they returned to their country. And they were, um, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, uh, they, they um, lost my train of thought here. Sorry about that. Uh, stick with the notes. Uh, so let's uh, go right back to the beginning. The wise men came from the east. Now, I didn't put up a map here, but I actually did a little research on Google Maps. It's about 1,200 miles in our reckoning, 1,952 kilometers from Jerusalem to Tehran. 
Now, Tehran is the capital of, of we know of Iran, but Tehran or Iran actually has an ancient name that's found in the Bible. Persia. Does anybody know the connection? Do do you remember Daniel and uh, his prophecy? He was there under Nebuchadnezzar. He was in Babylon the night that the Persians, uh, they had actually surrounded the city of Babylon. History tells us they had been outside the city of Babylon for six months when Daniel chapter 5 happened. And Belshazzar, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, had thrown a big party and was celebrating inside the walls of Babylon because he knew the Persians could never, ever reach them. They tell us that the walls of Babylon were so thick that they could take four chariots side by side and race them around the top of the wall of Babylon. Could you imagine that? A four-lane highway on top of the wall. And what ran right through the center of the city of Babylon was the Euphrates River. So they had an inexhaustible supply of fresh water. And on the other side of the city, the downriver side, all of the sewage and pollution and trash of the city could constantly be carried away so there would be no disease There would be fish in the river, there would be water on the one end, and all the other stuff taken out on the other. Uh, Babylon was set forever, with one exception. There was a Persian general out there. It was the Medes and the Persians that had combined together. The Medes actually stretched up a little bit toward what would be present-day Afghanistan, and they dammed up the Euphrates River. And so while Belshazzar was holding his party, the water level began to lower in the Euphrates River. And in the middle of the night, the water level was so low, they were able to open the brass gates that normally the current would push someone against and drown them. They could never open those things. The Babylonians had sunk brazen or brass gates down and embedded them in the river bottom. Now there was no river. They had dug an entire new channel for the Euphrates River. Could you imagine moving the Hudson River? About the same size. Redirecting the entire river. That's what they did. And they took the city of Babylon, and no one has ever really lived there since. It's an amazing, amazing story there. But these wise men were from the east, Persia. Do you know that when the king of Babylon was defeated and the Persian king Cyrus sat upon the throne, the Jews took the copy of the book of Isaiah And they said, King, your name is in our prophecies. Now, Isaiah had been dead for over a hundred years at this point. And they took Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what chapter. It's in the 40s. And it said, My servant Cyrus. 
And they said, our God said that you were going to command to have the city of Jerusalem rebuilt. Well, guess what Cyrus did? He said, wow. He said, your God talks about me? And his name was there. There's no question about it. And Cyrus gave the command to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And I was reading in a history book that the Persians and the Jews had a history from this point that was rather intertwined. How many of you remember Ezra? He was got special permission from the king of Persia and protection and all kinds of things. Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Esther was the king's wife. I mean, we, we have all of these connections there. And so the fact that these wise men were Persians is not really that far of a stretch. I mean, we would expect something like that. But I, I want us to learn the first thing from the, that the wise men can teach us. They were paying attention. We are now hundreds of years, 600 years removed, or 500 and some odd years removed, from the time of Daniel and the Persian kings. We're closer to uh, 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 450 or so years from the time of Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. We have all of these, this history here, but we have hundreds of years. I mean, think about 400 years ago in New York City. 2017. 2018. So let's take 400. That would be 1618. You know what was here? Indians. And not very many of them. Most of them lived on the mainland. That's why they sold that disgusting little island over there for 25 bucks. No. Uh, it, it just, nobody was here. Nothing was, just some Indians. Now that's how much history had passed between the time of Daniel. And yet, these wise men were still paying attention. And when they were studying the stars and the planets, they saw this great star and to go through all the records and all the knowledge and everything that they had. And let me give you a Bible reference here. Why don't you turn with me to the book of Numbers? Numbers chapter 24. Now, does anybody know who's speaking in Numbers 24 without reading your notes? Hello? Go ahead. Balaam, there we go. Remember Balaam? Balak hired Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam was a prophet of the Most High God, but Balaam, as we find out in the book of Jude, was really a rotten guy at heart. And we read later on in the Bible that uh, Balaam had counseled the Midianites on how to 
defile and bring God's judgment upon God's people. But here he is in verse 17 of Numbers 24. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. Now, that prophecy was first fulfilled in David who was the one that came out of Judah. It would be hundreds of years, 450, almost 500 years again in that time period from when Balaam prophesied to when David sat upon the throne. Had all the book of the judges and all of those things happen. And yet it said a star. Now, how in the world would these guys with no chapter divisions and all the verses that we have, go through the Scriptures and come up with this. Because it's the only connection that I can find in the Bible that they could have found. Could I challenge you that these wise men had to really, really study and what we call collate material and pay attention and go through the references in order to make a connection like this? Because it's the only one I can find in the Bible. And so they see this star, they make this connection. There is a slight possibility that they had somewhat of an understanding of the time table that is in the book of Daniel, the 69 weeks of the 70 prophetic weeks were 33 years from fulfillment at this point. So there's no exact way that they could know, but they say, hey, something's got to be happening here. It's getting close. And so we have this connection, and these men... By noticing the star appearing in the heavens, having to have made this very minor connection in the Scripture, prepared to take a 1,200-mile journey. That's almost fantastic now, isn't it? And by the way, do you think three wise men riding on three camels would upset Herod? Let me tell you that the wise men, as mentioned here, were actually part of one of the ruling parties in this part of the world. They were also known as Parthians. We got any historians here? Know about the Parthian and the Roman wars? The Roman legions had been defeated on several occasions, and the Greeks before them had been pushed out by the Parthians completely. And so now we have these very people that had caused Herod the Great, the one uh, actually before the birth of Jesus, his grandfather, to flee uh, the land of uh, Israel and go to Alexandria and back to Rome And it was only after the Roman legions had pushed the Parthians out and all of a sudden we have 
these same people, their leaders, coming back to Jerusalem looking for a king. Think that put a little fear in the heart? The same people that had chased his grandfather out of the land of Israel, all of a sudden they're sending emissaries looking for a Jewish king. And so there are some pretty neat connections here if you study a little history. But the point I want to make, number one, is how much study did the wise men have to do to even be able to connect the dots? And yet you and I have the whole Bible, all of God's revelation. Okay, advertisement time. We give you a Bible reading schedule. And I get up and say, how are you doing? And I get... Now, can we as a church learn something from the wise men? Study your Bible. You can't study your Bible if you don't read it. How many of you would like the Holy Spirit to be able to bring things to mind as you need them out of the Bible? Would you like that? Well, let me tell you how it works. You have to read through your Bible enough that there are memory wrinkles in your brain that the Holy Spirit can tickle and actually make work. Amen? Are you, are you following me on that? And, and so, sometimes it seems like we are just reading meaningless things, but the only connection I can find to a star rising in the land of Judah is Balaam's prophecy here in the book of Numbers. And my question is simply this. It's, it's rhetorical. How much reading did these wise men have to do in order to make that connection and cross-reference it in order to precipitate a 1,200-mile journey? Oklahoma City is 1,525 miles. That's roughly about the same. We make that journey uh, fairly regularly these days in a van going 70 miles an hour or whatever the speed limit might happen to be at that time. It is a little higher as you go farther west. And uh, you're sitting there going 1,200 miles. And you see these beautiful camels and every... You know what the camels were for? They were to carry enough food and water that you didn't starve to death or dehydrate to death on the trip. You've walked. If you can travel 20 miles in a day, you're doing pretty good. Does anybody want to do the math? 20 miles. That works out to about 600 days. Pretty close to two years. Just like the Bible says. I'll tell you what, those wise men had to be in good shape. <laughs> Do 20 miles a day for two years. And they rested some, and, and, and that'll give you your extra 120 days without even trying. 
But let's, let's take the wise men challenge to read and study our Bible, even though it doesn't make sense. Some of the, all those long lists of names and all of those things. Read your Bible. Number two, there's not a one of us, I doubt, they couldn't name the gifts that the wise men brought. Together, here we go. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the symbolism is incredible, is it not? Gold always pictures deity, divine presence. Frankincense was a spice that was used in the temple worship with regularity. All of the thanksgiving offerings had frankincense sprinkled on them. The incense that was offered on the golden altar had frankincense as an equal part with the other spices. It represents a beautiful life. Myrrh was bitter, and it represents the death of Jesus Christ. All of these things are right there. But here's what we need to learn. The wise men were prepared to worship Jesus. You know, we have a worship service on Sunday morning. How many of us prepare for the worship service? Now, I'm the preacher. I have to prepare. If I don't have some notes, uh, I'm not going to get up here and just talk at you uh, and trust that my mind will make something that will bring something that makes sense. I, I got to have something written down or, or nothing's going to come out. So I have to prepare to preach. But are, are you prepared to worship? Have, have you prayed? Have you sought the Lord? Have you, you know, worship? It wasn't free for these wise men. We often say three wise men because there were three gifts. But let me tell you something. It probably took many wise men to pay for these gifts because they were very valuable. And they brought those things. They had prepared to worship. How about the next one? They didn't give up. As we study here and we read, they had seen the star. They took the 1,200-mile journey. And then it seems to intimate in the text that the star had disappeared. And when they had left Herod heading to Jerusalem, all of a sudden there it was again. And they rejoiced, it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. They kind of lost track of this whole thing, and they were traveling for all of this distance. And as they head toward Bethlehem, all of a sudden the star appears again. You know, I, I guess, a, well, let me give the point, and then I'll try to illustrate it, is not every church service is going to be the most fantastic thing that you've ever been to. But you still need it. Amen? It was like the preacher, they tell the story of a man coming up and he said, Now, Pastor, I've been a member of this church for well nigh 20 years. 
And, and if I stop and try to remember, he said, I don't think I could remember even one sermon that you preached in 20 years. And the preacher was on. Oh, okay, we've got somebody that's a little out of sorts here. And of course, somebody told me that. I would say, you must not have been listening. Amen. You can go to the website and look them all up and listen to them again. Uh, they're there. But no. Here was his answer. He said, well, I've been married well nigh on 40 years. And you know, my wife has prepared three meals a day for most of that 40 years. And he said, I could give you some specific meals, but it would be hard-pressed for me to tell you what she cooked last week. He said, but I give ample evidence that my wife's cooking has taken well care, good care of me all these years. And, and the fact that you're here proves that you got something. Amen? Uh, the simple truth is, the wise men did not allow themselves to be discouraged or sidetracked. They kept going till they found it. And who in the world could have been a worse person to check with than Herod? I mean, he was not a Jew. He was actually, his grandfather was one of the servants in the house of the Maccabees, a slave. And he had saved the life of the, uh, of the Maccabee. And so he was elevated and he was allowed to uh, live there. And his grandson here married into the family and actually took over the family and took their name. He, he was a usurper of every kind. Herod was just, he was nothing that he seemed. And here they were asking him, and he calls all the, the, the prophets and the chief priests and everybody in Israel, and, and they tell him to go to Bethlehem, and they go there, and as they leave, they see the star, and that star moves and directs them to the very house where Jesus is living in. Now, here's the next one. The wise men traveled 1,200 miles over two years on the road to see a two-year-old little child, and they accepted that he is God. There's only one word for that, my friend. It's called faith. Amen? You see, you will not believe that Jesus is the Son of God except by faith. And how do you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And so... These men were willing to accept that this little child, a two-year-old boy. Uh, I can't, several of my little boys, uh, as soon as they were able to talk, uh, and one of the first things I taught them to say was, I'm a terrible two. Because they were. And uh, some of it lasted well past that, but... Uh, uh, a little two-year-old. Don't grump at me, Stephen. You were one of the longest ones. And uh, 
I saw that face. But let me let me tell you something. To have enough faith to make that journey and worship a little boy. Could we not learn from the wise men? And then the last thing that we need to learn from the wise men is that God directed them. Yes, He gave them a dream. Why? Because they didn't have this. We have this. And they followed God's direction, understanding that they mocked Herod the king. Now, we said a lot of nasty things about Herod, and every one of them is true and more. But he was still nothing to be trifled with. He was a very dangerous man, as well as a very wicked man. I read in an account that there would not have been more than a half a dozen little babies, two years old and younger, in Bethlehem and all its coast. I don't know if that's true or not. But if it was one of your children, it wouldn't matter how many there were. That's how wicked Herod was. He wanted to destroy this king. And the wise men followed God's word. So the wise men can teach us an awful lot, can't they? They read and studied all kinds of things that they had no idea had a connection for it. And one of them said, hey, wait a minute, there's something in the Hebrew Scriptures about a star. Let's check that out. Wow, that's, that's miraculous, is it not? But we have the connection between the Persians and the Jews. They certainly would have had access to the Scriptures. They would have had all of these things, maybe even some of these uh, 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 wise men may have been of Jewish heritage that had been in the palace with Nehemiah and Ezra uh, generations and generations removed. We uh, Many of the Jewish people that were taken out of the land of Israel never returned. And so, they studied. And they were able to put things together through the Holy Spirit of God to show up where they were supposed to show up. They, they made that journey. 1,200 miles. They were prepared to worship. You know, we, we need to take that challenge. Study our Bibles. Prepare for worship service. And they didn't give up until they found Jesus. You know what? Don't ever give up. The Lord sometimes will make you wait. He will make things difficult. But you know what He's trying to do? Build patience. He's trying to strengthen you. The wise men took care of it, and they obeyed God's direction. Even though, if Herod had ever caught those guys, he'd have put them to death, just like he did the children in Bethlehem. But you know, when you obey God's Word, He always protects you. That doesn't mean bad things won't ever happen. 
But what it does mean is, if you have the choice between disobeying God and disobeying man, always choose to obey God. Amen? And so, just a few thoughts on the wise men before we finish the whole Christmas season and start the new year. There's some things that we can learn. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, we just...